What's up, Penguins fans? Happy Friday, October 28th, the second to last um, October episode for this podcast right now. If I go on megaphone, just about 20,000 monthly downloads, uh, basically up 100% compared to last one. That just goes to show what happens when the season gets underway for today's episode. I'm going to have a full preview for the game tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. If you're, you know, you got to stay up. Talkie time, 10 o'clock. If you're drinking coffee for that, you guys are just a bunch of babies. I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to have a nice alcoholic beverage. But if you listen to this podcast, you're below 21. You know, don't illegally drink um, and all that stuff. But I'm not having coffee. That's for sure. I'm going to have a beverage for that. And then they'll play late again tomorrow night against Seattle. As I'll wear, I should get a preview on both of those games tonight for the episode. We'll start with Vancouver, and then we'll go over to Seattle. So that's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes, remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online, <clears throat> where the game starts. I have my wonderful little voting sticker here on my Hokie shirt because the, well, the Hokies named me sad last night. But, you know, with Election Day next week, I encourage all of you to go out there and vote. I know it's not a presidential election, but, you know, your vote always counts every year when this time comes around that's just my little spiel on that getting into the hockey side of things big game tonight for the penguins against the vancouver canucks out in british columbia again 10 o'clock start time have a beverage ready to go have some late night snacks order pizza something like that you know it's a friday night got no yeah most of you guys that probably listen to this podcast don't got work tomorrow let's just let's just get ready you know my wonderful girlfriend is coming in uh tomorrow to watch the game and you know we'll have some halloween stuff so i'm really really excited about that but so for tonight's game against vancouver penguins they've had pretty good success so against the canucks they went 2-0 against them last year outscored them 8-2 power play was 30 percent penalty kill 100 penguins are also 8-3-1 in, in their last 12 games against the canucks so they've gotten a point in nine of their last 12 games they also have wins in six of their last nines dating back to 20 2011 at rogers arena which is where the canucks play um so penguins they played very well against the canucks over the years yeah you know they had that game in vancouver last year on the trip that came i believe in november and the Penguins absolutely blitzed them the entire time. That was, I believe, the game where Travis Green got fired after. If it wasn't that one, it was one close to directly after because he he didn't have a job for more than a day or more than a week or something like that. It was one of the games where they looked lackluster, and I think everyone knew that a coaching change was coming in Vancouver. The Canucks, they're flying high at least for one night. They finally got their first win of the season, a 5-4 to four win over the Seattle Kraken on Thursday night. Um, it was 5-3 to three with about... Uh, a minute left and then the Kraken were able to make it to get it within one and you know the, the Canucks never make it easy but they were able to get that win they're one in five and two they probably deserve a little bit of a better fate this season I would say Yins. I mean they've blown a lot of multi-goal leads they blew into Washington they blew into Philadelphia 
I believe they blew into Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this is a team, you know, they have a lot of talent on it. I know they're one in five and two, and they've been a mess this year, but you give their good to elite players time and space, they will make you pay every single time. Their top line, um, as of last night, JT Miller, Bo Horvat, Connor Garland. I thought JT Miller got hurt last night, but I'm making sure that he wasn't I'm just making sure. Actually, no, yeah, he he did get hurt. Um, in the way I'm going to go to Roto Baller here and check it out. So yeah, he actually needed to be helped off the ice after blocking a shot in the dying seconds of the team's win against the Kraken. Um, there's been no update from what I have seen so far on his status. I don't know if he's playing tonight. If he is, though, you always got to be account. You always got to you know account for him on ice. I think he's their best player. Wish he was still a wish he was a Penguin, but he's always very dangerous. If he's not, they'll they'll, they'll slide someone up in his spot. But you know, Bo Horvat, great player. Connor Garland, really good player. Kuzmeko is on their second line. Elias Pedersen, Ilya Mikheyev. You know, Pedersen is very or Elias Peter. Actually, I should say just say Peterson because I'm pretty sure it is Peterson. Um, <clears throat> well, one of one of the two. I, I, I pronounced it. I, I think it's Pat. This is embarrassing. I think it's Pedersen, but you know, if it's the other one, I've, I've said it both ways. Um, he is a very good and dynamic player. Can do it all with the puck on his stick. Good defensively. You know, I really think this is going to be a year where he breaks out a lot more, especially if he is healthy. Um, third, third line. I don't even know who these people are. Uh, Dakota, Josh, um, Nils, Amon. I, I don't even know who two thirds of those guys are. Um, Tanner Pearson, Nils Huglander. That is a player I love that the Penguins could have acquired over the offseason. I thought that. Carolina was going to get him today in the Ethan Bear trade. Luckily, they only gave the Canucks only gave up a pick to get Ethan Bear. So, I mean, I think the whole Metro dodged a bullet on that. You know, Huglander, he's been on in a lot of trade rumors over the years. Well, not over the years, I should say during this offseason. He's a perfect player you can play on the third line, just anywhere in the middle six, to be honest. Like you could probably put him in the top six, and I think he'd be fine too. The fact that he's playing four line minutes right now is an absolute joke. But you get to their defense, and you know, it's a little it's a bit it's it's a bit rough when Quinn Hughes is not playing. He's on IR right now. Brock Besser is not in their lineup. Travis Dermott's hurt. Tucker Pullman and Sir Curtis Lazar, their defense right now is, is, is in shambles. When your top pairing is Oliver Ekman Larson and Tyler Myers, you have problems. I don't know how much more blunt I have to be. You have legitimate problems if your top pair is Oliver Ekman Larson and Tyler Myers, two players who are way past their primes. Or underlines have tanked a little bit. Um, it's just, it's not good enough. Um, Kyle Burroughs, Jack Rothbone. Those two players should probably not be on your second pairing. And then when you have Luke Shen on your defensive corps, your defensive core, excuse me, that's you're, you're a, that's a bad time there. Bruce Boudreau got his 600th win with the Canucks against the Rack. Congratulations to him. I think he's one of the better coaches in this league. But, you know, the keys to getting the win over the Canucks tonight, I don't think they're starting Thatcher Demko last I checked. So you got to pepper their backup goaltender here, if I can make sure I have him right. Um, it, Spencer Martin, barely even know who he is. Um, Penguins should be able to get a good chunk of goals on him, but hey, you never know. This is totally the the situation where he could get like like a forty five save shutout, like a like a allow one goal on forty four saves or something like that. Um, but you know, pepper a lot of pucks 
to the net. This is going to be a tired Canucks team. I know they're coming home after playing on the road, but they're not going to be fresh. The Penguins, they've been off for three days. Use that to your advantage. Canucks, they're not going to be coming into this game fresh. They just played late last night. It won't even have been 24 hours that they, since they last played when the puck drops. Again, that's a big thing for me. Special teams, ha- special teams have to be better, especially the power play. I want the first unit to be better. The last couple of games, puck movement has been in there. The the zone entries have been absolutely horrendous. Um, some passes back by Latang and some I wouldn't say lazy plays by Malkin, but some kind of eh plays by him have left a little bit to be desired. And I'm hoping for a, a much bit better bounce back game from Sidney Crosby. That's for sure. Injury-wise for the Penguins, um, all three injured players are not going to play. Jason Zorker was skating a little bit, not going to play. Jake Gensel was clear for contact. He said he had to have some stitches in his ear. Doesn't look like he's going to play tonight. He said probably not for tomorrow either. Would guess he's probably back by next week. So the, the Penguins got a little bit of good injury news there, and Teddy Bluger still, um, he's on the trip, but he's still not allowed to play, I think, for the next week or something like that. So again, get a lot of pucks on net. Special teams battle is going to be very important. Um, if they can come out with a good start, obviously that's all, also important. You know, I think those are the big keys for the Penguins to win this game and stop taking periods off. There's no excuses for this one, especially with the Canucks. Having played last night, they're going to have a little bit of momentum, but this is also a team that's lost seven out of eight. It's time to break this losing streak and get right back on track. So that wraps up this first segment where we got to preview the game against the Canucks. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into a preview of the game against the Seattle Kraken and take a look at them for the season. But before I get to that, BetOnline is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest, easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to the website or use your phone to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's get into the second game of this back-to-back, which will finish up this week-long road trip for the Penguins. Of course, it will be against the Seattle Kraken, a team that the Penguins went 1-0 in one last year, three out of four points. They beat them in Seattle. They actually crushed them in Seattle. Uh, but then they lost in overtime after blowing a third uh, period lead. I believe Jordan Eberle scored in that game just because he always scores against them uh, right now. And funny enough, Jordan Eberle is on their top line with Jaden Schwartz um, and Matthew Beneers. Pretty decent top line. Probably it's a, a lot. Of, I think that on some other teams, it's a good second or third line. But Eberle, you always got to be aware for him. He has killed the Penguins ever since he went to the Islanders. In both playoff series, he was just a thorn in their side. I would expect, honestly, if you are a betting person, and I'm not sure how many betting people I have that listen to this show, go on to FanDuel, DraftKings, something like that. Bet online, of course. Go out there and put a bet on an anytime goal score, Jordan Everly. If I, if that fails, I'm sorry. That would be like the one game that he doesn't score against the Penguins. But you can sure count that he's going to score tomorrow night at least one goal on Casey DeSmith. For their second line, Andre Burakovsky, Alexander Wenberg, and Oliver Borkstrand. Burakovsky signed from the Colorado Avalanche. Very unique player. Someone who has a hell of a shot 
great pass as well and also is decent defensively. Bjorkstrand, the Blue Jackets, I don't really know why they traded him. I know they had to make room for signing Lane they had, and also, of course, for Johnny Goudreau. But Bjorkstrand is a pretty good player. I mean, he can put the puck in the back of the net 20 to 25 times a season. The Jackets really didn't get anything of value for him in that trade. It was just a pure salary dump. The Kraken literally got a top six forward for free from them. And no, I'm not kidding. They literally got him for free. So just a really weird acquisition there, but Seattle will take that. Old friend Jared McCann, Yanni Gordon, Carson Kuhlman. Again, I am still and for will forever be butthurt that the Penguins did not uh, retain Jared McCann in the expansion draft. I thought it was just a poor... It, I, I don't want to say this. I think it was just poor asset management. I didn't think they need to, needed to... Um, to protect Carter. I know they were scared that they could have lost him just because Malkin and Cross were going to be out to start the season. They didn't want to lose all their center depth. I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, I don't think anyone is going to take 37-year-old Jeff freaking Carter. I think they would have just taken Brandon Tanev. Anyway, if you would have just protected McCann, left Carter out there, especially because McCann can play center, um, I think they honestly would have taken Tanev still. You know, they did that. They actually did the Penguins a favor and they took that massive contract off their hands and a 3.5 million cap hit. But the Penguins just weren't able to use that salary cap space in a wise way. Hence the Brock Begin contract right now. And he just has not been playing well. So I will still forever be butthurt about that. He just signed a nice extension. I believe it was five times five. He's going to be worth every penny. I, I love watching him play. That release that he has is so beautiful. When he played on the Penguins top power play when, when Malkin was out last season, it was just so good. And I'm like, man, I wish there was going to be room for him on that top power play unit. But, you know, you're not going to replace Gino from that unit, right? <laughs> like, you're, you're, you're just, you're not going to do that. So I still miss him. I'm sure you all guys, you all do as well. Brandon Tanev, old friend, of course, on the fourth line with Morgan Geeky and another old former Penguin, Daniel Sprong. Maybe I would put another anytime goal scorer in there for Sprong. Um, he's played well against the Penguins over the years. I think he actually scored um, a goal or two when he was with Washington last year against the uh, the Penguins before he got traded. So, you know, curious to see what happens with his development. You know, he's been a player. He's bounced around a lot, played in Anaheim, played in Washington after Pittsburgh. You know, obviously, you know, he's now playing in Seattle. Um, curious to see how he does. I think overall, he's probably just going to be a bottom six player for the rest of the NHL career. At least that's just, that's just how I see it. Defensively, Adam Larson with Vince Dunn, former Penguin Jamie Oleksiak with another former Penguin Justin Schultz. This is just the Pittsburgh Penguins of the West, if you are not catching my drift. Um, seeing Oleksiak and Schultz play on a pairing, that's pretty cool. I think Schultz is kind of washed right now anyway, but um, Oleksiak has always been super underrated, if you ask me. Uh, I thought he was great when he was with the Penguins. I think the only reason why Jim Rutherford decided to trade him was because he lost a freaking fight to Tom Wilson. Now, I, I don't understand that, to be honest with you guys. So that's, you know, that's just me though. But uh, that's, I mean, that's my opinion. And then Carson Soucy with William Borgen, that is their bottom defensive group. And then uh, goaltending wise, um, Joey Deckord and Martin Jones, Philip Grubauer and Chris Drieger are on IR. So they they have two goalies in net right now who are just not good. So the Penguins will have to take advantage of that. I mean, even with Casey DeSmith likely being in net against the Kraken, um, they should still be the favorite to win this game just because, again, goaltending-wise, you know, Martin Jones is not it. Joey Decord, you know, he's not it either. Seattle obviously does have some good forward depth. Wenberg is decent. Bjorkshank could put 20 to 25 in the net each year. 
Eberle always kills the Penguins. Jaden Schwartz was always underrated in St. Louis. Burakovsky had his best season of his career last year in Colorado. I think Seattle is going to be better than some people think um, they will be this year. But, you know, I still think that they're, they're not a playoff team just yet. I think they're still a couple of elite players away um, from being a playoff team. So the keys for the Penguins in this one, you know, just short shifts, you know, make, you know I don't want to say this again, you know, short shifts, simple plays, you know, you're going to be tired. You're playing on a back-to-back after playing in Vancouver on Friday night, you know, Seattle, they're going to be rested for this game, you know, and it's important, you know, to you know try to come out with the best energy that you have. Pepper Martin Jones, Pepper Joey Decord, you know, win the special teams. But it's kind of similar to what I said about the Canucks. But, you know, again, the Penguins, they should be favored in both of these games. And even though it's not on back-to-back, I still think the Penguins can win both of these games to have a positive winning record out of this road trip. So that basically wraps up this full preview for the Seattle game. So a little more to get to for this episode um, of the Locked on Penguins podcast. But before I get to that, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. With 24 7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. They blanket your home with in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. They also have HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smart ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash NHL. You can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first one free. Again, that's visit simplysafe.com slash NHL to learn more. There is no safe like Simply, simply Safe. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So I got this tweet today from Alan T. Oder. Thank you for sending me this, Alan. And he said, what are the rumors about Malkin wanting to try to change jersey numbers? Any truth to them? I've seen it mentioned a few times, but not from a reliable source. I did see that as well. I'm wondering if that was from a... I believe that was from an, an athletic article um, where he said he wanted to change his number to 11. And for those that, for those that don't know, he wears number 11 in international competitions with, with Russia. He's played where the mini Olympics world championships, um, all that stuff. So um, yeah, this, uh, so yeah, this actually came from Rob Ross again. He's very close with Malkin and he's, he reported that he would like to change his jersey number from 71 to number 11 at some point. Yes, his 71 would be retired in the rafters. They wouldn't just put up number 11 out there in his final season or something like that. But it sounds like, Alan, he wants to do it in his final season before he retires. Um, that So it's coming from the Athletic and Rob Rossi. He spoke to him about it. Um, that would be kind of cool. I know it would be a little bit different seeing Gino not in number 71. But... You know, sometimes you got to, you know, adapt with the changes. And I think, you know, I, I, I got a little used to it when I would watch him in, you know, the World Cup of Hockey back in 2016 and, you know, back in, uh, you know, the, the Olympics in 2014 and number 11. And then, uh, 
you know, the world championships when he went against Sid for the gold medal. That was really cool. So it, it probably would take a, a little bit of getting used to, but I think at the end of the day, I'm not super worried about it. And I think it would be kind of cool. So again, that's where that's coming from, Alan. I'm glad I was able to bring that up on today's show. Um, I think other than that, I'm just like, really excited for these couple of games tonight for the Penguins, uh, for those games these, this weekend for the Penguins. It's a chance to get things right. Again, it was dumb, I think, for some people to overreact to a two-game losing streak. This team is still 4-2-1. and two and one. I expect them to come out firing pretty heavily tonight against the Canucks team that just played on Thursday night. You know, from reports that I saw, Mike Sullivan was not happy with the team. After the game, he was pushing them in practice. According to Joshua, he was even screaming at the at the players during a few drills. <clears throat> I would expect a much better performance from this team tonight. So again, 10 o'clock start time, and then tomorrow, basically the same. Two more West Coast games, and then the Penguins will return home for some games as well. So that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. As always, I appreciate everyone that listens to the Locked on Penguins podcast. And I will be back with another episode on Halloween day, October 31st on Monday, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> to recap both the game against Vancouver and the game against Seattle. Let's hope for your all sake that the Penguins get both wins. And with that, they would be six and two and one through their first nine games of the season. So again, thank you all so much for listening. As always, I appreciate everyone listening to the show. It's been a great month of October and I will talk to you all on Halloween. Have a great weekend, everyone.